0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business.
1: Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Hannah Kane with Alam. Welcome, Hannah.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, before we get too far into things, t- tell us uh, who you're serving and uh, what are you guys doing over there?
0: We are a global supply chain company. So we serve uh, medical, uh, automotive, technology-rich companies, very regulated industries with an uh, outsourced supply chain. So we uh, do everything from procurement, production, distribution, uh fulfillment services and even if customers don't want the items we take them back uh, so uh, so we are really a full service boutique supply chain company uh so we do the physical supply chain so uh, getting the product uh, stored and distributed we also do all the data related to that and we do the the financial side of it So it's it's a little bit complex to understand, but let's say you uh, um, are on a website and you click the submit button and you buy something. You would think that you do business with maybe Ford Motor Company, but reality is that while you are on a Ford branded site, we might have designed that site and we might uh, have produced a product that you are buying and we may uh, be the ones shipping it and charging your credit card. So we are sort of the behind the scenes people that consumers don't really see.
1: Right. The, I think the, the average consumer has no idea what happens when, like you said, you, they click the buy button and then it arrives. They don't know how complicated it is to get it from their the website back into their home or their b- place of business. It's it's there's a lot of moving parts.
0: That is correct, and uh, I think though in 2020 a lot of companies got to be very conscious about the the supply chain and 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 what happens with the supply chain and the consumers certainly saw it early in the pandemic uh, with the disruptions etc. But it is very complex. Uh, actually, one of my Favorite things to talk about is that in the old days, when you wanted to test uh, supercomputers, uh, they used to test them on weather systems, very complex weather systems. But today, they test them on supply chains because supply chain is just so complex that even the supercomputers sometimes have a problem. uh, solving the issues related to supply chain.
1: So how did you get into this line of work? Um, this is a pretty male-dominated industry.
0: It is, but uh, with a lot of opportunities. It's a big growth industry. It's actually, even though the industry still has ways to go, it's uh, there's it fairly much pay equity, um, at least less inequality uh, in supply chain. And it really... Uh, builds on a number of strengths that women have, including a very, very strong collaboration, because in the end, supply chain is very much about collaboration. So I started Elam in uh, ninety seven, along with uh, some uh, other supply chain specialists, and uh, our vision was uh, we we wanted to be really f- uh, very quality-oriented, very service-oriented, but also very fast. And uh, uh, I had this weird vision that we could produce and ship for delivery next day. And uh, I'll, I can't even tell you how many people laughed at, uh, at us about that. And today, that's exactly what we are doing. So uh, it's been very fulfilling to see that. Um I originally, before, before I started Elam, I was what I call gainfully employed and I was employed with a competitor and uh, didn't like the business methods and uh, thought that there were some um, opportunities to make a company that was different, had a different perception of social corporate social responsibility. So even before that became a common concept, I I was very conscious about that early on.
1: So now um, uh, for the people who don't understand the ins and outs of the supply chain, like you're dealing with the the trucking, you're dealing with kind of warehousing. There's a lot of of places that historically have been, like we said, male dominated, but they're not necessarily done in that same manner today where it requires like a lot of strength or things like that. There's a lot of a place for women to, to participate and thrive in this environment in today's world, right? Right.
0: Yeah, I don't do a lot of uh, lifting of boxes these days. Uh, so uh, yeah, so it's uh, very technology driven. It's very tools driven, uh, and of course, you know, we have we we we're, we're working and shipping out of nineteen locations globally, and each of these locations we have warehouses and we have uh, uh, inventory and we have to move stuff around but you know you do that using tools and actually we have uh, upwards of 60% female uh, staff members uh, and uh, a lot of our uh, equipment um, uh, uh, staffers such as forklift drivers are, are women and uh, so uh, you know it's it's an, a great opportunity for women in supply chain and uh, as I said, the great pay equity. Uh, there, are even some areas such as procurement where women make more money than men.
1: Right. I, I'm just trying to, uh, for the young women out there that are listening, I want them to not think of this as as maybe they pictured it in their head 20, 30 years ago. Because this is a a, a more woman friendly environment today with all of technology and robotics and big machinery that you don't have to do what you used to have to do back in the day. This is definitely more, I don't want women to self-select out before they educate themselves about all the opportunities that are in this industry.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you. And as I said, uh, we we are sort of dealing with three different supply chains, so the physical, which sometimes requires some lifting, but mainly, mainly uh, as you said, the, if, if there's equipment for that, but also the technology. So we have a lot of uh, female programmers and, and engineers who are working in that part of of our business. And then, of course, the financial. So uh, where you are uh, doing things like processing the credit cards and stuff like that. So it's partially electronic, but it's also partially financial. So um, so lots of opportunities. And uh, so if you think about an area such as procurement, where you're doing purchasing, you're making sure that the suppliers are following good corporate social responsibility and uh, generally are uh, delivering quality and delivering on time, well, you know, there's there's not a lot of physical heavy lifting. There might be a lot of other heavy lifting and doing that.
1: So now let's talk a little bit about how COVID impacted your business and your team and how you were able to kind of navigate that. And are, I'm sure still navigating that.
0: Absolutely. So uh So of course we were immediately impacted and uh, uh, we are an essential business uh, because we do uh, medical products. And so we very early on started doing medical testing kits, uh, COVID-19 testing kits. And today we are one of the major providers of COVID-19 testing kits. I am very proud of that because in the beginning when when the pandemic hit, I set uh, six goals for myself and the company. And, uh, of course, the number one goal was to keep everybody safe. But one of my other goals was to be part of the solution to the pandemic. And that's exactly what we're doing here. And, and for me, that's a very important part of our corporate social responsibility responsibility is to be part of the solution. So when the pandemic hit, the first thing we did was, of course, do a plan for keeping everybody safe and um As you probably recall in the beginning, there was so little known about how the virus spread and things like that. So we we have kept adjusting that plan. We currently do about 40 different, we have 40 different activities going to ensure that everybody is uh, safe and Of course, we are one of the companies that have to be open. We have to have people on site. That's how we produce the kids. Um, And uh, everybody who can work from home, of course, works from home remotely. So we have both environments. It makes it a little bit challenging sometimes, but, uh, you know, that's just how it is. And nobody has gone through 2020 without facing a lot of uh, challenges. So I'm grateful that we are part of the solution. I'm grateful that my staff members are staying safe and uh, really uh, have been able to ship uninterrupted throughout this entire pandemic. That has been very exciting for me. It's been a lot of work for everybody on my team uh, to ensure that we continue to ship, we continue to ship on time. But it's also been a big responsibility as we are shipping life-saving products that we continue to 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 ship and we continue to deliver and uh, keep all, keeping not just people internally as safe as possible, but the greater population. So very very satisfying, but also very challenging.
1: So now, um, can you talk about your vision about the future of supply chain? It, it changes so rapidly with technology. You know, just there's more and more bandwidth. There's more and more ways to communicate, and um, it, it just the future seems to be ever changing. If there was ever an industry that has to adapt and react, uh, it's the supply chain industry. Can you talk about your vision of how you see this uh, industry evolving?
0: Well, uh, supply chain is really uh, you got it right. Supply chain is really evolving all the time, and and and. Um, I, I see many changes that have happened over the last 10 years and year by year, uh, uh, certainly um, the, the supply chain have gotten more complex. What's happening now is technology is catching up and we are starting to see technology to be more useful and help solve some of the, po- uh, the key areas in supply chain. Um, so uh, there are right now a couple of different trends that I'm following very closely. One is uh, all the geopolitics. Uh, so lots of countries out there being very uh, uh, focused on their own production and uh, doing a, a taking a very nationalistic approach to trade. And so uh, our entire supply chain until recently was entirely predicated on having free trade go across countries. And uh, I think as uh, as I'm seeing what's happening now, it's getting to be more and more complex and more and more restricted. And so that's a trend I'm following very closely. Uh, for uh, women-owned businesses out there, though, there's also opportunities in that because corporations are looking to near source. They are looking to pro- to uh, procure, to buy products locally such that they don't have to transport them. Uh, the transportation is, of course, uh, fraught with risks uh, and disruptions these days, or get them over over borders, which is also getting more and more complex. So that entire scenario uh, opens up some new opportunities for WBs, for women uh, business enterprises, in uh, capturing new markets, uh, capturing new customers, uh, and really leveraging that corporations are starting to look differently at the supply chain. There's also a number of uh, there's also growing evidence that consumers are looking more at whether uh, WBEs uh, whether products product are produced locally and whether it's produced by women-owned companies and so those advantages is another that's another thing that that uh, WBEs can leverage so lots of opportunities out there for for women-owned businesses and for uh, any businesses uh, close to close to the marketplace, so I see that as a, as one uh, big trend, and then I, I think it's all consumer driven, right? So we are getting to be more and more consumer driven. If you think back uh, ten or twenty years. Uh, Products got produced and consumers went and bought them, or maybe not. Um, But today it's, we are looking more at consumers going out and being very interested in product. And then product is being produced more or less just in time and to specifications and customized. And uh, so there's, we require much more flexibility in the supply chain and agility, meaning Customers all of a sudden get an idea about what they want and then we react to it and deliver the product. Uh, So we saw that, especially here during the pandemic, as uh, consumers started panic buying and all of a sudden uh, uh, demand went up. It's still up a lot uh, if you want to go and buy a desk for your home office or electronics or other stuff uh, to, to make you productive at home. You'll see that it's very hard to, to buy the lots of lead time. So that's just one example of a demand fluctuation where consumers are driving uh, big changes we are going to see even more of that. So those are the two big trends that I'm following right now.
1: And it seems like the customer expectation of getting things, you know, almost immediately now has really, like time has condensed dramatically. Like now people want it in hours rather than days or weeks. Um, So that expectation that's happening in their own personal life is getting translated, I think, in the business community as well.
0: You are absolutely right about that, Lee. And I, I think in addition, when you look at, uh, at uh, consumer behavior, it's not just how fast they want it. They want it in the way they want it, meaning they want to be able to go to a store or they want to get it at home. They maybe want to get it at home, but be able to return it to a store or, you know, any combination of that. Uh, so you have, much the consumer being much more in control of how they wanted, when they wanted, in which condition they wanted, etc. And again, uh, it 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 puts a lot of demands on the supply chain, and uh, it's part of what I strive on is to be and my staff, frankly, uh, is to be able to deliver to those specifications and help our customers both understand what it is the customers really are telling them and also deliver to that. And, you know, that flexibility is something we have built into our systems and our way of thinking and and, uh, the way we are doing business. And that's really what allowed us to then go in and do the COVID-19 testing kits and produce them and ship them because we are really very fast at adapting to new situations in the market. And that's going to be a requirement in the future in, in supply chain.
1: So now, <clears throat> early on, uh, you decided to become um, involved as, a, as being a, a woman uh, founder and CEO. You decided to kind of lean into that and, and become a certified woman business. What was the thinking there to register as a woman-owned business, uh, you know, fairly early in your, in your kind of life?
0: Well, uh, I, I felt a, a couple of different things. Uh, one was, of course, that uh, uh, when you are a, a woman business owner, you do encounter uh, difficulties uh, that maybe others will not uh, encounter. And uh, and so there are also some advantages. And uh, some of the most progressive corporations, in, uh, especially in the U.S., have uh, set aside uh, purchasing organizations to help you navigate their systems, etc. And I decided it was a good thing to avail myself of it. Now, I got another thing out of it that I was really not the driving force of uh, women businesses. So that camaraderie and support and uh, uh, togetherness with other female business owners has been really important to me. So I'm very involved in that entire community. I feel it's it's a key key area for me to be involved in. So I'm involved uh, on a national basis with uh, WeBank uh, Women Business Enterprise uh, National Council, and uh, have been on the board for a number of years. I'm uh, heading up the global committee, uh, the global team for the a forum which uh, organizes all the 14,000 WBs in WeBank. And I'm on the board of uh, the um, regional partner organization that's in California. I have a lot of respect for the regional partner organizations. We are active in a number of of regional partner organizations. And, uh, you know, I think what... uh, GWBEC is doing is fantastic, uh, really uh, helping WBs in the local area get visibility and and, uh, shine through uh, this period. So a lot of companies have gone through hardship this year, but uh, the way we are working together as uh, WBs, Uh, We can support each other, either morally or otherwise, and try to send business to each other, uh, which has been a key thing uh, we are doing as an organization, and I know a number of other WBs are doing. And also help uh, alert uh, each other to opportunities within corporations. So it's a true sisterhood, a a great network, and... uh, Certainly uh, GWBC is a a key uh, integral part of that.
1: Well, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, wishing uh, everybody who's listening in a great end to 2020 and much luck in 2021.
1: So now if somebody wanted to learn more about your organization or connect with you or somebody on your team, if they have supply chain needs, what's the website?
0: It's www.alom.com. And um, we uh, have a contact us uh, on there and uh, we'll respond right away if anybody has questions or if there's anything I can do for anybody, whether it's a WBE sister or anybody else, We are here to support
1: you. All right. Thank you again, Hannah, for sharing your story. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.